Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Thought I remembered you saying that you wanted to express yourself. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I do. I do want to express myself. I hate this job. I hate this goddamn job and I don't need it. Up until two weeks ago, burnout from work was considered to be just your poor time management issues or lifestyle choices, but not anymore. Now, the World Health Organization has named it as a syndrome and a real health issue that we need to address. Today, we're going to find out the four questions you need to ask yourself to see if you're at risk, what we can do to get a grip on a boss who wants to work 24-7, and the one word that you need to learn to turn it around. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Being stressed at work can be a totally normal thing. But when that stress turns into an all-consuming, round-the-clock obsession full of negative feelings and a desire to tell your boss where to go on a minute-by-minute basis, then maybe you're suffering from burnout. Back at the end of May, the World Health Organization decided that burnout would no longer be classified as a problem related to life management, but instead relabeled it as a work-based syndrome or occupational phenomenon caused by chronic stress. Pre-smartphone, taking work home meant a briefcase with some paperwork and perhaps some time on the phone. But now we're contactable 24 hours a day, seven days a week, with some employers expecting responses from staff out of hours on weekends and even while on holiday. Japan's work culture is amongst the worst in the world. In the month leading up to her death in 2017, 24-year-old advertising exec Matsuri Takahashi was forced to work 100 hours of overtime. She'd posted on social media that she was physically and mentally shattered. The business she worked for was fined just 500,000 yen, or just over 6,000 Australian dollars for her death. Four years before that, Japan's public broadcaster NHK admitted they'd forced one of their workers, political reporter Miwasado, to work 159 hours of overtime in the month before she died of a heart attack. She was found in her bed, her hands still clutching her mobile phone. While that all sounds extreme, our work lives are more and more creeping into our personal lives, leaving less room for time with our friends, our families and ourselves. Michael Musker is a Senior Research Fellow at the South Australian Health and Medical Research Institute. Michael, what actually causes burnout? Well, there are three main components to it. Firstly, there's fatigue, where you're feeling tired just at the thought of work. So you wake up in the morning and just the idea of going to work is almost mentally painful. 
with that sort of tiredness, there's also a feeling of anxiety. And some people actually have panic attacks before they go to work or feel physically ill. And when you get to that stage, you really need to look for help. Another aspect of burnout is a, a feeling of depersonalization or you feel dehumanized or you almost dehumanize the people that you're working with. You really don't care about them anymore. You're so burnt out. You can almost feel guilty about work. And a key thing about that depersonalization is a feeling of cynicism and negativity about your job. And the third component is a feeling that you're not achieving in your job. You start to doubt your abilities and you feel that you're a failure. And that starts to impact on your whole personality and your whole sense of self. If you've got a lot of work and it's constant, you can only work at that rate for so long. So the, the harder the pressure you put on yourself, eventually you just can't keep up that pace. And some people just crash and then they experience the physical problems of burnout. How can I identify that I'm experiencing burnout? What can I ask myself to figure out whether I'm actually at that stage or not? So some of the key things are, do you feel anxious about going to work? Do you feel that you're feeling cynical at work and negative about your job? Do you feel guilty that you're not achieving things that you should have achieved? Do you feel guilty that you're actually spending time with your friends, enjoying yourself at the weekend? Do you feel guilty about that? And if you're constantly thinking about work, then it's time to start thinking differently and doing things differently. Put work life back in perspective. It's only a small component of your life. You need to put boundaries around what you do in your work. So maybe if you're looking at your emails in the evening and you're taking work home, look at ways of not doing that. So talk to your boss and say, can we put some boundaries on you know, the work that I'm taking home? I'm starting to feel bad about my work. And if you don't have that conversation with your boss, well, they'll never understand that you are feeling overworked. They're not psychic. So unless you say something, they'll keep loading the work on top of you. What can happen to me physically and mentally if I don't deal with burnout? Are there physical manifestations of burnout? Stress is an insidious thing. It's a slow, gradual thing that builds up inside us. And sometimes we don't realise it until we start snapping at people at work. That's a classic example of someone who's feeling stressed you start crying all of a sudden for no explainable reason and you might start be getting irritable not just at work but with your family at home we sometimes do things to cope with that anxiety we might start having a drink at night after work just to make yourself relax so you can sleep and not think about work or think about the bad things that happened at work and some people actually start taking drugs in order to cope with their workplace so alcohol and drugs become a major issue in relation to workplace stress how seriously should employers be taking burnout? Is it becoming more of an epidemic? I mean, with the World Health Organization now declaring that it's it's a real thing, it's not just us mismanaging our own lives. How seriously should employers be taking this? Should they be taking stock of how they're treating their staff? Yeah, we've got to realize that young people today are feeling stressed. And it's actually there was a survey done by the Mental Health Foundation in the UK that found 46% of people at work felt stressed. Uh, and that was a, a survey of over 4,600 people. 29% of those have started increasing their drinking. 16% have started increasing their smoking. And at least 22% of them have cited that their personal debt is also a, a problem. And again, it, it relates back to the ability to earn at work. Look, uh, I think there's also an issue with work-life balance. And technology is not helping with that. 
older generations didn't have to put up with having an iPhone that bings every now and again with a new email from your work. Uh, young people are now working longer days. They're working lots of shifts. And there used to be a lot of work-like protections where people had a lifelong job. But nowadays, young people only have short-term contracts. And that leads to some financial issues in relation to work where people can't get mortgages, they have university debt, and all of these things blend together to you know, create that underlying anxiety. So if you answered yes to any of those four questions, maybe it's time to rethink your work schedule. Burnout coach Latanya Riggs says there are ways to deal with it. Sometimes it can be a shocker when you finally admit that you're dealing with something that could possibly threaten what I call a superwoman syndrome. When you're so used to being the person who can handle it all. So the first thing I always say is take a deep breath. You're really still great. You're just having this moment and you're going to get through this. Now tell me, when did it start? So we start to trace back to when they started having those actual feelings and when things started to become a little bit hazy. And so when we start from there, we're actually able to start tracing back to the trigger or the thing that started to trigger their burnout. So once I've gone through that and I've kind of figured out what's triggering me, how do I then take that to my boss and not make it sound like I'm just whinging about my workload? Schedule a time to actually sit down with your boss to discuss what's happening because that gives your boss that moment to carve out time to actually give you their undivided attention and you have the floor for that moment. Um, When you actually go to your boss, what I would definitely say is to be honest. A lot of times when you approach your boss, the first thing you want to say is I can still do it even though I'm burned out. Maybe I just need like an hour or two. No, be honest, because burnout does affect your work performance. Let your boss know exactly where you are and find out whether or not there are already solutions in place to address it. I would say start off with what you believe you need at that moment, whether it's I need a day or two or a week to regroup. For bosses that may not be that understanding, you still need to do the same thing and go in and be honest and transparent. And if it seems as though tension is rising, some jobs do have unions um, and in some jobs you have, I call them buffers, where you're able to take someone in with you who's actually able to be a support if the tension grows between the boss and employee. How do I then not fall back into old habits and find myself at burnout stage again? How do I maintain it? I'm so glad you asked that question. You know why? Because a lot of people only focus on the short term. When it comes to occupational burnout, I've found that a lot of us are in occupations that we just absolutely do not love. We just stay with this job that we absolutely hate or we don't apply for anything else because I don't have time to go through training. So long term, I always say, let's get to the root of it. So once we find the root of what's happening, now we have to go through what you call the uprooting process. We deal with things back from your childhood because sometimes some of the things that we deal with in burnout, people pleasing has been going on since we were children. And we have to uproot those things and realistically deal with a lot of past trauma as well. Then you're going to move over to planning. What are your small goals, small steps? Now, as millennials, we bite off a huge chunk of whatever it is we're doing. And it's like a rush. I got to do it. I got to win. I got to get it finished. 
The other piece is we learn about triggers. When we know what those triggers are, we're able to recognize it. Now, we can't run away from life, let's be clear. However, how we respond, we definitely can control in a lot of different environments. How will I stay free of burnout? I've been healed from burnout. I feel great. I'm ready to execute. And so now we're going into execution mode. Well, guess what? We have to stand by what we say. But how do I not feel guilty about saying no? When you say no in order to rid the guilt, you have to be confident and you have to know who you are, what you love and what you don't love. What happens is, is we do this thing where we actually start thinking for others. Our mind is saying, if you say no, the relationship is going to crumble. If you say no, this person is going to like you anymore. And so all of these different thoughts is going through our minds instead of us actually communicating. And then it brings in people to actually enjoy you being you. But you have to enjoy being you first. And if that advice isn't enough to get you through the stress of the job you're in right now, maybe take a leaf out of Bridget Jones's diary. Thank you, Daniel. That is very good to know. But if staying here means working within 10 yards of you, frankly, I'd rather have a job wiping Saddam Hussein's ass. That's all for The Quickie today. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie. 